welcome back to another episode of Plug In. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. If you tuned in last week, you know that we were talking about relationships and why they might not be working. And today, we will be continuing that conversation led by Nicole Bethany. Nicole, take it away. If you're listening to this, it most likely means that you've listened to our last week's episode about relationships. If you haven't listened to that yet, I highly recommend that you do before you go on to this one. You know, you can't have, you can't really have the entree without having the appetizer. I mean, you could do that, but like, are you really going to be full? So yeah, so (laughs) make sure you listen to last week's episode. Um, and I know that it will ignite you to actually really process what we're about to talk about. But today, we're definitely going to just dive right into relationships and really dive into, yeah, last week we talked about why your relationships might not be working. And so it might not be working because maybe you only look at relationships as a romantic thing or you value the relationships with your friends more than your um, family. You know, maybe you Maybe you tolerate the relationships you have with your friends that may be toxic more than the relationships that are still maybe toxic in your family, but you separate yourself from your family first before the friend that you could actually separate yourself from. Um, so you're in this cycle and whatever, right? And But yet, at the same time, you want a romantic relationship, even though you haven't been able to deal with the dysfunctions that you may have or the, the dysfunctions you may have with other people. That's kind of what we talked about. That was our first point. The second point was talking about, um, you know, the fact that you've never been alone. Maybe you've never been alone before. Um, And alone, the difference between alone and loneliness. We had a long conversation about that, a long and important conversation about singleness and just going against the the singleness stigma, the stigma of like being on your dolo, being on your down low, putting your hoodie on, hiding, or trying to distract yourself from the problems that God is trying to reveal to you because you're in a state of singleness, because you're in a big waiting room. And we talked about waiting room a lot. And then the last point was making sure that you have a relationship with God. And a lot of times we try and pretend like he's the man upstairs and then we downstairs and we're confused and we're lost and the man upstairs is trying to talk to you, but you keep referring to him as the man upstairs and you never go upstairs. So that's a crash course of what we talked about last week. Today, we're just going to break down really what those dysfunctions may be, really go into the Word of God about what the Bible says about relationships. And so, again, relationships are a collision course with the person's mind, whether familial or romantic, okay? So, let's just go into it. I'm going to talk about sex. I'm going to talk about sex right now because it's so important we go to the Bible for it. And I think a lot of times we try and look to every other place but the word of God. Or maybe you never even knew that the word of God would talk about sex. But it does. And it talks about it a lot. And it's really important that we actually go to God about this because he created sex. So, yeah, he created it. Sex is not bad. You could be listening to this with your grandma right now. Or maybe your grandma's like, mm, is this for your age? Tell her, yes, it is, grandma. Because we're talking about, <laughs> we're talking about sex, but in the context that God wants to talk about it, sex is definitely perverted in our culture, perverted in our society in many different ways. And I'm not going to really get into each one of them, but I think the most important one to talk about is sex while you're in a relationship. And now I'm not going to break this down too much because I'm I'm going to circle back to it once I really break down the dysfunctions that that the, once I really break down the dysfunctions that you may be going through right now because a lot of us have many different dysfunctions within our relationships but maybe we're not able to identify them or put a name to it but the first thing that I want to do is really just talk about what God says about sex just as a disclaimer um, and I think it's really important because a lot of times we're in relationships that hurt us. And usually when you're stuck in a relationship that hurts you, there's something that you're doing that's distracting you from actually identifying the pain. Or there's something that's keeping you there that may feel good, but it ain't good for you. Right? So, yeah. Sex may feel good, right? Okay, no, it does, right? 
However, yeah. <laughs> screaming, right? However, and, and sex is supposed to feel good. That's the point, right? Right? God wants it. I mean, God created it, but He created it for a purpose, right? right? Uh, I just wanted to add in here. I'm editing right now. Um, recently, I someone said something just so profound that I had to share it. Um, and she said, and this is someone who had had sex before marriage already, and you know, she was or she's now currently engaged, and she said something so profound. She said, a lot of times we say, oh, sex feels good. But really, we don't understand what it actually feels like because when you are having sex outside of marriage, you're not really having sex. If God created sex to be in the confinement of marriage and created it for that purpose, when it's outside of its context, it's not really sex. I think the same thing could be looked at it like um, like gasoline. Oh, yes, gasoline. Gasoline by itself is gasoline, right? It is created to fuel a car, but it also catches on fire. So what am I trying to say? That same gasoline is gasoline when it's used to start a fire, but is also functional when it's used to start a car. And so even though it's gasoline, even though it's sex, at the end of the day, because it's used outside of its original context, what it was created to be used in, it's perverted and actually destructive and actually not helpful, which means that that is not actually the experience of gasoline. If somebody has just used gasoline to burn something, they're not really experiencing the function of gasoline. And so I think you can look at sex in the same way. And I think that's what she meant, um, is that sex outside of marriage, it is sex, absolutely, not mitigating that fact but you haven't actually experienced sex. You haven't actually experienced good sex. And now you may be like, that's not true. And hey, and that's the thing is like, you don't know until you actually understand that anything that is of God is good. And so if sex and any relationship tied to that has caused you hurt, has caused you pain, and you may not even know that it's causing you that, or has caused you that because it was done in the wrong context, then you're not experiencing sex. If you had to hide the fact that you're having sex, if you've had to hide the fact that you um, are sleeping with multiple people, I mean, we all have, you know, this is not to put anyone down. This is just to be really humble, open and transparent, you know? And so if you have to hide those things, if those things are done in the dark, or you don't really feel that good, and maybe you do in the moment, but afterwards there's something that you feel that you can't just explain, that's not sex. And what she said, and I have to be point blank period, is her. That's not sex, it's sin. It's not sex, it's sin. So I just wanted to throw that in there um, because I heard that recently and whoo, it just changed my entire outlook on everything. All right. Back to the recording. He joined Adam and Eve together, and it was a symbol of their marriage. It was a symbol spiritually, because sex is spiritual, just as much as it's physical. But spiritually, you are binding yourself with someone. So who have you bound yourself with? Who have you said I do with? Michael Todd, Pastor Michael Todd from Transformation Church, he talks a lot about he talks a lot about sex, really. But something that he said um, a couple weeks ago was, who are you saying I do to without the commitment? Mm-hmm. How many people are you saying I do to? Because when God sees people having sex, when he sees a man and a woman having sex with each other, he sees, oh, oh, they just got married. 
they just got married in the constant. I mean, of course, God's on a dummy. Like he knows like you're not, you're not getting married. But what I'm saying is that act is a symbol of marriage. And so I have a feeling in my spirit that God is saying, I didn't call you to be committed to that person. And now you're in an entanglement mm-hmm. and you think you're not. But Jerome just transferred stuff to Jesse. And now Jesse and Jerome have each other's issues and problems. And so when you're soul tied, a lot of times things get transferred. Um, but hey, you may be looking, you may be listening right now and you're like, I'm about to click off. But actually, I mm. actually challenge you to not because I think it's so important that you recognize that a lot of times you're hurting because you don't know what's wrong for you. Mm-hmm. Culture tries to define what is good for us, but really what culture says is good is most usually wrong and hurts you. But like I said last week, and if you didn't listen to last week's episode and you were trying to be stubborn, trying to be slick, and you're like, oh, I'll listen to it later, go back. Because last week I talked about how the devil is very much like a, you know, a prescription uh, medicine, uh, whatchamacallit, commercial, where, you know, you have the nice music, it's under it saying, oh, you might actually die from, you know, taking this medicine, but it will help you. But you actually, these are the side effects, right? And so that's kind of how the devil kind of no, that is how the devil is, where he says, oh, this is easy. Oh, <laughs> having, sex, having sex doesn't hurt nobody. Like, Yeah, but he didn't say, but, the, but what he didn't say is, yeah, it doesn't hurt anyone, but it actually hurts you. Hmm. Right? That's like how, that's exactly what he did to even the Garden of Eden. He said, did God really say that this will kill you? <laughs> Did God really say that the fruit in the Garden of Eden, God commanded Adam, and Adam had to tell his wife, his bride, not to eat the fruit in the middle of the garden on the tree because it will kill you. However, that fruit, that fruit, even though it looked good, it looked delicious, now the enemy, Satan, came as a serpent and he said, oh, did God really tell you that that's going to kill you? <laughs> what he really meant was that you'll know everything and you'll know good between evil. Like, and you'll be like God. That's what he meant to say. <laughs> but see, what the enemy didn't tell Eve is that you'll have a spiritual death and yeah, you'll know right from wrong, but that spiritual death will cause you to be separated from God. And God never wanted that. He never wanted that, which is, of course, why he sent Jesus down to reconnect us with him. If you're asking right now, what's wrong with sex? I mean, like, it doesn't hurt anybody. It honestly is hurting you because you're binding yourself with someone in the context of marriage when you're not actually committed to them. You said I'm going to say something. I think I'm just very still at a loss. I, I My question was not answered. What do you mean you can have a soul tie? Uh, whoa. Are you saying that you can have a soul tie and never have sex with somebody? Or uh, what are you saying, B? Yeah. <laughs> so, you're speaking for somebody right now. Somebody's probably asking, what is she actually saying? So you can have a soul tie with someone that you don't have sex with because there are other things that people do that are impure. Like what? Um, okay, well, well. Everything but sex, you know? People people hook up and oh, don't have sex. But also, y'all, that's what people, you mean. Go ahead, Gabriella. I have, to, I have to say something. And this is just from experience. Mm. You could do none of those things. Mm. You could literally just have conversations wow. with a yeah. person and go into a place of intimacy. Um, not anything that's inappropriate or sexual but you begin to open up things about yourself that you've never told anyone before and now you and this person are tied because they know deep parts about you that nobody else does so essentially it's like you've been exposed and naked with this person on an emotional and an intellectual and spiritual level so there is no 
physical intimacy, mm-hmm. but it doesn't matter because the spiritual connection has been made. Ooh. And that's how you can have a soul tie without ever having sex with someone. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, we can move on. No, no. no. It needs to be explained for sure. Thank you. There's levels to this. There are levels to this. And that just goes right back to what we said last week about really just breaking down uh, what the word relationships means. And like I said in the beginning of this episode, whenever you enter into a relationship, you are having a collision course with their mind. As a man speaketh, so is he. Excuse me. As a man thinketh, so is he. Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh, so is he. So the mind is very important. So that's exactly what Gabriella was explaining, is that you may, maybe you are doing everything but sex. And y'all know what that means. I ain't going to break that down. I'm not going to come for you. But also, maybe you're also not doing any of that, and you're just having conversation. I've actually experienced that, where I just had conversation, just talking and there's something spiritual about that because the Bible says, as a man thinketh, so is he. And that collision, that, that is happening. Be very careful with who you're allowing yourself to collide with. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. So, yeah. I hope that was clear. But yes. Um, so I'm going to read from 1 Corinthians 6 today. And it's a very... Uh, I like the message version. I'm going to read from the message version and then the amplified version. And then I'm just going to boomerang right into the, the six dysfunctions that, well, they're not all dysfunction, but the six different kinds of relationships, really. Okay? So 1 Corinthians 6, message version. Um, anybody want to read? What verse? So, 1 Corinthians 6, 16 to 20. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got it. Um, okay. There's more to sex than mere skin on skin. Well, okay. I'm done. No. <laughs> <laughs> no um, sex is as much spiritual mystery as physical fact. Wow. As written in scripture, the two become one. Since we want to become spiritually one with the master, we must not pursue the kind of sex that avoids commitment and intimacy, leaving us more lonely than ever. The kind of sex that can never become one. Hmm. There is a sense in which sexual sins are different from all others. In sexual sin, we violate the sacredness of our own bodies. These bodies that were made for God-given and God-molded love. For becoming one with another... Or didn't you realize that your body is a sacred place, the place of the Holy Spirit? Don't you see that you can't live however you please, squandering what God paid such a high price for? The physical part of you is not some piece of property belonging to the spiritual part of you. God owns the whole works. So let people see God in and through your body. Yeah. Oh, my so, God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just the message version. Um that really does come for you as usual. But something that I wanted to really just um, focus on for just a second, the becoming one. What did we say becoming one was? Becoming one is when you become married, when you're married. And let me just say this. A lot of our culture, we, we glorify toxic marriage. What does that mean? You haven't been in a state of singleness or you don't have a relationship with God or you are going through a lot of different dysfunctions and you haven't actually healed. You know, and the only way you can truly heal, truly just keeping it 100% real because I'm not trying to make anyone confused. The only way you can really heal is if you allow Jesus to heal you, is if you Mm -hmm. surrender your issues and your dysfunctions up to him and you say, God, I truly do not know what I'm doing. I never knew what I was doing. And honestly, I'm just going to let you take control right now. So I'm going to do what you say, and I may look a little goofy doing it, but I know in the end, it's actually going to benefit me. Anyway, backtracking. So a lot of times our culture, I feel as though, and I see it on Instagram, and I see it on those, I think it's me so tight, on those Instagram pages with the black love and, like, the black couples. I don't know if you all know what I'm talking about, but exactly. I love black love. I love black love too, but black love is not love if it's not in the right context, period. Okay, for sure. Any love. 
Any love, <laughs> black yeah. love. But like, you know what I mean? Like black love looks cute, but is there dysfunction? Black love looks cute, but is it kingdom? And this is any love, y'all, but I'm just using this example because it's very trendy on Instagram. But is it, is it, is it, is it, it's cute, but is it kingdom? It's cute, but is it glorifying God? It's cute, but are you actually in pain and struggling? And the problem with the Instagram pages that irk me is that I've been in a relationship that everyone around me said, y'all look cute together, but I was hurting 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 in pain for what mm-hmm. she took it up each octave hurting hurting and this is not to this is not to come at the person i was with the person i was with was amazing i'm amazing and y'all better know that that you're amazing too stop stop trying to find out you're amazing okay. after being with somebody you're already amazing period so i'm amazing the person's amazing right but we were not helping each other become more amazing. We weren't mm. helping each other right. become more amazing. We we're like, you're amazing. I'm amazing. Let's like, you know, and that's just not some, that's not. And anyway, I'm going to get into compatibility versus suitability very quickly, but um, in a few minutes, but anyway, yes. So, you know, and so what bothers me about those, those, um, those Instagram pages, the relationship goals, or the black loved ones, I know that will resonate with a lot of people because very common, um, is that it looks on the surface that it's okay, but it's not. It looks amazing, but actually underneath it's not. Um, and so culture says, you know, oh yeah, we're dating and we like each other. And so then I, you know, and I'm really infatuated with him I really can't stop thinking about him like when I wake up he's the first thing I think about when I go to sleep he's the first thing I think about uh, she's like you got me coming for me oh, right oh, right in my bed she said I ain't never had nobody show me I'm like, show me oh wow shout out hey Joe right <laughs> So the problem, the problem with that is, and I'm saying this out of experience, the problem with that is you are now mixing up infatuation and obsession that's usually come a place of toxic, toxic, toxicity with love. And so because you're obsessed with them, because you think about them, the first thing you think about when you sleep, the first thing you think about when you wake up. You automatically think, oh, I must love them. This must be what love is. But actually, it's a love that is perverted because you shouldn't love anyone more than you love God. And so a lot of times we create idols out of the, out of the relationships we're in, out of the people we're with. And sometimes it can be friendship, too. I like to talk about that, too, because it's true. But anyway, mm-hmm. so who are you becoming one with? Who are you becoming one with? Let me just read the Amplified version really quickly because I love it. It says um, in verse 18, starting from verse 18, run away from sexual immorality. And this is Paul speaking, right? And Paul is telling you to run away. He didn't say walk away. Maybe it says walk, a- walk away from sexual immorality. Is that what your Bible says? Or maybe, 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 maybe it says, maybe it says, Jog away from sexual immorality. Like, skip to my loo away. Skip to my, my loo. <laughs> skip to my loo away from sexual immorality. It says run, bro. It says run. It literally says run. And I love that. And I remember the first time I read that, I laughed so hard. Because I spent so much of my time skipping to my loo from sexual immorality and not actually running. The reason why the Bible says run is because sexual immorality opens up so many doors. It opens up doors to, and I'm saying this out of experience, depression, anxiety, mm-hmm. suicidal thoughts. And, so true. and this comes from just, this is because, again, as a man thinketh, so is he. Your mind, the things in the mind of the other person, the dysfunctions, they're coming together. They begin to come together. So you may never have had a confidence issue. But because you, you, you have an infatuation with the person you're with and they have a, 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 um, 
uh, a confidence issue. They are, they, they, you know, they, they don't have a lot of self-worth. They don't value themselves. Now, all of a sudden you have anxiety about speaking in front of people, even though you always spoke in front of people. Wow. You know, just like mm-hmm. things like that. Very, very little things like that. Or maybe you never, ever, ever felt anxious about anything before. And all of a sudden, now you're feeling anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so these things get transferred, right? And so when you become one, it literally means you're becoming one. And so that's why the Bible says, run away from sexual immorality in all forms. I'm going to read it. In any form, whether thought, listen, whether thought, because you don't need another person to not be sexually moral. Mm-hmm. You don't, right? So in any form, it says, run away in any form, whether thought, behavior, visual, written. What are you watching on Netflix? What are you listening to in, in your music? Is your music glorifying soul ties, really, because that's what it is, right? Is your music glorifying having sex with whoever you want to have with whoever, whenever, whatever? Is your music glorifying that? Are your shows glorifying that? Because as a man thinketh, so is he. And so really the revelation I'm receiving right now is you can actually have a soul tie with the show you watch or with pornography or with, I mean, there's pornography in movies now at this point, right? So you literally. can have, literally, literally, literally. Opening scenes. Like. Just, just, just truly <laughs> watch power. Keep it like. oh. <laughs> truly watch power. But yeah, that's... Yes, it's pornography. But yeah, like, or Game of Thrones. And anyway, it's just a lot. But yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So you can have soul ties with those people that you don't even know, right? Because as a man thinketh, so is he. What are they doing that you're constantly filling yourself up with? What are they singing about that you're constantly filling yourself up with, right? So I love that it says, you know, as we said, do you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? who is within you, whom you have received as a gift from God, right? The price that Paul is talking about is not money. It was blood. Jesus shed his blood. That was a price. That was a blood price. Bigger than any price. I mean, bigger than any price. More expensive than anything ever, right? So run away from sexual immorality, y'all, in any form, whether thought or behavior, whether visual or written, anything you're doing, um, that is contrary to the will of God. Mm-hmm. Stop. Anything that hurts you, anything that you're doing, not in the context of marriage or doing the, to yourself. Maybe you're single and you're doing some stuff to yourself. Is it glorifying God? Is it actually glorifying God? Is it actually highlighting that, yeah, the Holy Spirit lives here, right? Or maybe, yeah, I want the Holy Spirit to live here. And not to say that you have to be perfect for the Holy Spirit to live within you. No, God meets you where you are. But God created you and made you, whether you know him or not, whether you believe in him or not. So at the end Mm. of the day, you are made in his image. But are you actually bearing that image or are you numbing it down with all the stuff that culture says is okay, but actually isn't okay and hurts you? So quickly, six relationships you might be in, I believe is distracting deceiving, paralyzing, poisoning, evolving, divine. So relationships can either be distracting me, deceiving me, paralyzing me, poisoning me, or evolving me, or divine for me. So just going to go right into it. A distraction is a mismanagement of your focus, not when you can't be focused. And I said this last week too. A A distraction is a mismanagement of your focus. Not when you can't be focused. And in the Hebrew, distraction actually means to be pulled in several directions. So how many directions are you being pulled in? And are all the things, all the ways you're being pulled in healthy for you? Are mm. all of them actually helping you? Is it benefiting you? Right? Mm. That's so good. So distraction is a mismanagement of your focus. Not when you can't be focused. Okay? And so that's why it's important to actually have a target. You know, so you can identify when someone is trying to pull you off track because there are people, God sends people, but the devil does too. And a lot of times the devil wants you to think, like I said before, he comes in an angel of light. That's basically what I've been trying to say. He comes as an angel of light. He's not coming with red horns and a a pitchfork. He's coming at you 
you know, looking mad cute, looking nice with six, with a six pack at that. Right. He's coming looking great. He's coming looking like everything you prayed for. Mm-hmm. That's so true. <laughs> oh my God. Literally. He's coming, with, he's coming looking like everything you prayed for. You thinking it's God, but really it's the devil. And what Ugh. happens is when you're not, when you don't have a target, and the target has to be God. Wow. The target has to be your purpose. But the only way it can be your purpose is if you're connected with God. So the focus, the focus, the target can only happen if you're connected with God because the two are cohesive. You can't have the two without, you can't have one without the other. Mm-hmm. You can't have a purpose without God. And there's no way you can have God without having a purpose, which is cute. You know, you always have a purpose, right? right. So make sure that you're on target. And so when you're on target, when you're focused, because a distraction doesn't mean that you're not focused. Again, it's just a mismanagement of your focus. And so when you are managing your focus, when you are managing your distraction, you're able to identify, oh, you trying to disguise yourself as one of my distractions of one of the many things that God wants me to do. But you're goofy. I see you. I'm cutting you off right now. So that's just a quick, that's distracting me. Next is deceiving me. Deceiving Deceiving, deceiving, deceiving is usually from not identifying that that person was sent from the enemy or that person is sent to distract you. And, and hey, this is not to, you know, ostracize the other person only. This is just to say that they're misplaced people. And so really, they may be distracting you, but because you give into the distraction, quote unquote, or the mismanagement of your focus, because you give into that. Now you're also doing the same thing to them, maybe, most likely, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. deceiving is usually because of a lack of prayer, a, la- a, pr- a lack of a prayer life. You're, you don't pray. You don't pray. You don't talk to God. You don't ask God um, about your relationships. You don't talk to him about your relationships. And so this relationship usually gives you anxiety, right? And this relationship usually makes you anxious and you're worried. And the only way that you're deceived is if you don't give it enough time. What does that mean? You don't allow time to reveal people's true colors in winter, spring, summer, fall. What are they when it's mad cold? What it, what, how are they when they actually have to be alone for some period of time, right? You're not always going to be, especially when you're dating, you're not always going to be with that person next to them all the time, even in marriage, People have this idea that, oh, once we're married, all the things are going to, everything is going to just be fruits and flowers. This is what I was talking about, what, what culture says. All my problems are going to magically just disappear. And, oh, yeah, and, you know, once we're married, because we're married, we're never going to have to worry about being in different states. I'm not going to have to worry about not having any self-control because once I get married, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. And that's why we got people messing up in marriages and cheating on each other because you didn't deal with that spirit. You didn't deal with that lack of self-control when you were single. But anyway, mm. what are they in winter? What are they in spring? What are they in Dag. summer? What are they in fall, right? How do they deal with a loss? How do they deal with pain? How do they deal under pressure? How do they deal in heat? What do they like in the summer? How do they deal with heat? How do they deal with pressure? How do they deal with that, right? Who are they? Give it time. Anxiety causes you to stay in prison. Right. And so God will always show you your red flags, always. And so how many red flags are you ignoring in your relationship right now? Mm. Paralyzing, paralyzing. A lot of people choose familiar misery instead of foreign joy. Mm. Let me say that again. A lot of people choose familiar misery instead of foreign joy. A lot of times when you're paralyzed, you're so used to the dysfunction that when you see something different, that's actually good. You call it fake. Oh, this person's fake. Oh, that must not be real. Oh, that's wow. so true. That must not be real. That can't be real. Oh, they actually love each other and they're actually like not having sex until they get married? <laughs> fake. That must be fake. Oh, that must be fake. That actually must be fake. And I've actually like experienced people saying that around me and myself ex- saying that about other people. That, oh, it must be fake. Like that must not actually be real. And a lot of times it's because you're stuck in the dysfunction state. You're stuck in that dysfunction state. And so you're now unable to identify the difference between compatibility and suitability. What's compatibility? Compatibility is a state in which two have like-mindedness. So a lot of times people see people that are actually in a relationship and they're in a suitable relationship, suitability. Bible says God gave Adam 
from chapter two, Genesis chapter two, God gave Adam a suitable partner, not a compatible one. A lot of times we're looking for a compatible partner, one who is like me, one who has my star sign or my compatible star sign, I should say. But Mm. really, God wants to put you with someone that's suitable for you, fitting, appropriate. I even saw a definition that says becoming. Who is helping you become? Who is helping you become? You are created and you are created to help someone become, become their best self, whether that's familial or relational, right? And and romantic, excuse me. And so a lot of times we settle for compatibility because compatibility is usually familiar, Mm. but suitability looks different and usually sometimes it's unattractive, right? Mm. Next, only two more, poisoning. Toxic, very toxic, very, 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 very toxic. Um, and But the worst is that usually it's toxic, but it feels good for you, but is not actually for you. So usually maybe in this, you have good sex, but you still feel empty. Or you have good encounters with each other. You have good conversation, but you still feel empty. Why? Why? Because it gives you pleasure, but not spiritual pleasure, not peace. Isaiah 9, 6 talks about the peace, that Jesus is the prince of peace. So if you're not connecting yourself with that, or you're trying to do both, you're trying to connect yourself with the peace of God and the other person, you cannot serve two masters, boo. So you're trying to connect yourself with both, and one is going to pull you the other way, right? So it's toxic, it's poison, and usually you don't recognize it's toxic. Last one. Oh. Second to last one, evolving. Are you, so now evolving, a lot of people mix evolving with uh, divine relationship. But evolving, really, I like to give the visual, is the difference between pre-K and fifth grade. And so evolving is to really help you in growth, but not for your final destination. And so we settle for the evolving because we think, oh, this is good. This is, he seems like someone that, or she sees someone that seems like someone that is suitable for me, but is that, but actually isn't, right? And so evolving is really just a place, and it can be friendship or romantic, is a state of being a place where you are actually around people that are supposed to grow you, but it's not the final destination. They're just moving you. They're moving you from the waiting room to the room. Divine relationship, last one, is not always romantic as well. But someone God is going to use you, use to get you to where you, excuse me, someone God is going to use to get you to where he wants you to be. This person is transportational. They get you to destination. And you also do the same for the person. And this divine relationship is sent by God. And it's familial. It's, 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 it's in a friendship way, but it's also romantic, you know? So, yeah, those are distracting deceiving, paralyzing, poisoning, evolving, divine. And so relationships are either distracting you, deceiving you, paralyzing you, poisoning you, evolving you, or divine for you. And so, oof. Yeah. Making sure, wow. making sure that you aim for divine relationships. Cut off the ones that are depleting you. Cut off the distractions yes. that are splitting you off into the wrong places. It's very important. Wow. Thank you, Nicole. That, oof. I have no words because exactly what I needed to hear. How do you know what friends, what friendships, not only that you may have soul ties with, but also what friendships are not really for you? How do you know that? How do you, how do you see that? Like, um, how can you tell that a friendship is just an evolving one, or maybe it's a poisoning one. Maybe it's a deceiving one. And that's just friendship. We're not even talking about romantic right now. Yeah. Uh, um, go ahead, so if you want to say something. I personally, I've, I feel like we've all had, but I've had a ton of poisonous relationships. And the way that I was always able to finally realize it was poisonous was because I would literally get anxious thinking about having to go meet up with said person and it wasn't like I didn't love them or like we weren't cool but I would just get this like anxiety yeah of the thought of having to be in the same room as them 
because whether it was because every time I was with them, all we did was talk negatively about other people, or if it was because every time I was with them, somehow we would always end up comparing ourselves to each other or it like overall the energy when we were together was toxic. So before I even got to them, I was already feeling anxious about being with them. Mm -hmm. And that's when I knew, okay, I need to set some boundaries here. And maybe this person and I, we shouldn't be as close as we are right now. Mm -hmm. And that's how I would, that's the way that I was able to identify whether or not I was in a toxic, poisonous relationship. Yeah. 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 I think something going off of that too. And actually this happened when we were on tour. It was like the first leg of tour. And I was talking to Gabriella about something along these lines. And I think what really sets it in stone for me is when I realize that I'm making way too many excuses to keep this relationship going relationship or friendship in general, when I, when they're doing something that is not okay. And I'm like, well, I mean, like they're just having a day or like, Oh no, like that's just not, that's not really them. Like they're putting on a character for everyone else. Like that's not who they really are. I know who they really are. But if they're really like that, <laughs> if, they, if, they, if they're not being themselves, why would I want to be around that? And eventually you got to cut right. that off. Like, Gabriella yeah. knows. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, honestly, you all know. You all know at this point. So what I'm saying is that if this person is going to come back into your life, you and you're going to let them back into your life, they have better change from who they were before because you're going to be playing the same game over and over and over again. And that's a discernment that you have to make for yourself, which is something that I'm doing myself right now. So... And that's the thing is like making sure that you're praying about your relationships. Mm-hmm. Like ask God, like God, give me discernment for this relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But one thing that I learned is when someone is toxic to you, when someone is toxic to you or when someone is, has a history of being two faced with you, if they're coming back to you, it's most likely because they haven't changed. Mm. And this is very like countercultural because we always want to give people like, oh, like maybe like we're meant to be and like maybe like in a couple of years we'll get back together. And like, sure, like I feel like if you want to think about happy ever, happily ever after, it's like, sure, like if this is a fairy tale, like absolutely, like maybe they transformed, like sure. <laughs> but realistically, like if you're praying and this person has not, if if this person, of course, only God will be able to decipher that for you. And you really have to be listening and really not listen to your heart. Whoa. Don't listen to your heart, but like listen to God's word and listen to his voice. And even if you can't be, if you're struggling with hearing his voice, praying and, 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 and after you pray, what do you feel? How do you feel? A lot of times we want to listen to our heart, but our heart actually kind of deceives us mm-hmm. if our mind is already thinking about the person in that way. And so the person may be coming back to you, but that's because you're already evolving. And usually exes come back when you're starting to evolve because they can notice and identify when you are um, are changing and transforming and coming out of the place that they were in. So, yeah. Old friends, too. Yeah. Old friends, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the analogy that... <laughs> Jessica, why are you looking at me like that? Whoa, I did not even... I was just like... <laughs> I did not remember my face, but in my head I was also thinking like, wow, why would the devil? Why, why would the devil what? The devil's busy. <laughs> if anybody knows me, college, I'm not gonna bring up no names, but if anybody really like knows my college like experience, especially like freshman year, sophomore, and a little bit of beginning of sophomore year, like the amount of times I would get annoyed because I would I would feel like people kept coming back into my life. That I just, like, didn't need ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, not to be rude, but to be serious, to be frank. It's just kind of like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, dang, no, we, really. like, we squashed this, and now, like, he, like here we go again. Like, it just felt like every every time, every time, like, something is going good, there's always that one thing. It's like, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's just like, and it's like the most annoying, like, minor thing. It's like a fly in your ear. Mm, oh, my yeah. God. I just, ugh. Move! And... And so <laughs> I remember those times where like, you'd be like, why is this person talking to me about this person when I cut this person off? Yo. And, I, and, and, and like, you know, it's important that we understand that just the same way God sends people, the devil does too. 
you know, the devil doesn't want to see you win. He doesn't, he wants to not only destroy your life, but he actually wants to torture you. I think a lot of times we like, we forget that that is just his job, that that, that, that is his job. Like that is what he wants to do. That is what he wants. Like he wants to torture so you. So if, if, so if that means that he's going to send back Lillian into your life, Lillian, the gossiper, even though you cut Lillian off two months ago, he's going to do that. And so that's why it's so important that you're plugged into God and you're plugged into your relationship with him or you have a relationship with him and you're praying um, because then the Holy Spirit will be able to say, hey, Lillian, she's coming back saying, hey, you know, I went away and I'm back and, you know, I drank my water, I minded my business, blah, blah, blah. But the Holy Spirit will be able to say, she drank her water, but she's definitely still not minding her business. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Um, I think also an, an analogy that um, an analogy that I talked about earlier with you, Jess, because um, I think there was a question about just um, how do you know, what if someone looks like they are on the same path you're walking on? Yeah, yeah. You know, how do you know if this person or when this person... How do you know if this person is supposed to be for you? Um, or how do you know when to let this person go? And so the analogy was just like how we're like running a race. And in life, we are running a race. We're, you know, we're not competing against each other. I'm not saying it like that. But everybody's in their own track, mm-hmm. right? And so there's some people that God is, God essentially is the focus and that's keeping you run. Some people, when they don't have God as the focus, when they don't have Jesus as the focus, as the center of why they're running, they burn out fast. But when you start to put Jesus as the center for why you're running and you're on track and you're running, you have a lot more energy because you're not going by your own strength. But now moving forward, and we're talking about friendships or relationships romantically or whatever in general, when you're running, right, it's important to understand that any time you're running, if you have to stop and look and turn around to go back to that relationship, then that relationship isn't for you. And what Mm -hmm. does that mean in a physical, to really physicalize it? If you notice that you're not progressing, if you notice that we, one of the things we talked about was evolving. If you notice that you're not evolving, you notice that every time you want to do your work, you don't want to do it anymore when you're around this person or your dreams. You don't really want to talk about your dreams. You don't really want to talk about your goals or your aspirations, or maybe you do, but it's just a dead end. It doesn't really go anywhere. You don't grow. This person doesn't make you grow, right? Maybe you make that person grow, but this person doesn't make you grow. Mm. That's most likely because you were running and you stopped and turned around to look. And usually what this means is that you're now not in the place God wants you to be. But someone, someone that's divine for you, romantic or friendship, whatever it may be, when you're running the race, you look to your left you're running a race, you're doing whatever you're doing, excuse me, you're not, you're not focusing on anything but God and the things that God is putting in front of you, right? And so when you're running, you're focused, right? And you can look at that as singleness, right? Or look at that as I, being separated from a friend group that maybe you were in before. And so you're running, you're running, you're running, and you look to your left and you see someone running the same race as you. And you're like, okay, wow, you're, you're, you're equidistant to me and I'm not stopping at all. I'm going. And now now, when we talk about leading and we talk about leading in a relationship, you know, the person on the side of you is now moving a little bit ahead of you, but the person is a little bit ahead of you and it's motivating you to even move faster, to even um, pick up more energy, more momentum. And you're helping each other. You're suitable for each other. I think compatible would be if the person is literally running at the same pace as you. But suitable can be that the person is a little bit ahead of you, actually, um, and you are a little bit ahead of the person. And so there are strong suits and that person has, strong suits that you have, weak points that you have, weak points that that person has. But together, you make each other stronger. Mm. Um, Yeah, I don't know if that makes sense, but I hope that was clear. It's hard to not show it without hands. So to close this out, I just want to pray about just for anyone that, may not be able to identify what kind of relationship they're in right now. Maybe you also have experienced um, different sexual encounters. Sometimes they're not always with consent, unfortunately. And my heart goes out to you. 
And for those of us that have made that mistake and you feel God pulling on your heart and that feeling, and maybe you're not feeling anything right now, but you can reckon with the feeling of having sex with someone or or hooking up with someone or even just really giving your all to someone and not receiving anything in return or receiving something but it not being enough and I just want to pray for you because know that there's freedom know that there's freedom from soul ties know that there's freedom in Jesus's name from the bondages that sex outside of its context which is marriage there's freedom from that there is freedom from that God has that freedom for you you know and so I just want to pray for you Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much for every single person listening to this. Because every single person that is listening to this right now, you've literally, divinely made it possible for them to do so. This is not a coincidence. This is not a mistake. And so I thank you, Father God, that you are allowing them to really connect with your word like never before whether they're christians or whether they're not or whether they're agnostic atheist whoever they are whatever they are father god you want them to know you and know you fully not what culture says you are not what culture shows you as but they want you want them to know you fully in your fullness because it's a relationship oh God and so I thank you Lord that you are so loving and that you love each and every single person listening to this right now I pray almighty God Lord for just a spirit of understanding and clarity that when people are listening to this when they listen to it back or when they take notes or when they watch some of the videos that are left in the show notes that they will have a yearning for you, oh God. And if they do know you, if they already have a relationship with you and they're struggling with these things, they're struggling with sexual immorality, they're struggling um, with different things, almighty God, or even a shame and guilt from a sexual encounter that may not have been merited, oh God. There is healing and deliverance in your name. And so I pray that every single person listening to this receive healing in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Father God, that you are restoring relationships both familially and romantically. Thank you, Father God, for all you do and for how much you love us and the person listening right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for plugging into today's episode. Nicole, thank you for leading this incredible conversation and helping us answer some really tough questions. Y'all, we'll be right back here plugging in with you next Wednesday, same time, 12 p.m. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Plug and Light. Subscribe to our YouTube channel at Plug and Light. And if you have any questions, please, please, please feel free uh, to send us an email at pluginlight at gmail.com. Same goes for if you have any prayer requests, testimonies, or topics that you really want to hear us talk about. Uh, and also, please feel free to leave a review and share this episode with someone if it fed your soul and brought light to your day. See you next week.